Oh yeah, you're going right. What's the white boy that got over in court? Who's the white boy that got over? The one, no, the white boy that was eating all the ass, that had the ass. Motherfucking Dama, ain't that a bitch? Dama, they put this man on trial. The fuck is the trial about? You found an ass in the refrigerator, guilty. It made me feel like they were uh, a permanent part of me. Besides, besides the just mere curiosity of what it would be like, it made them feel that they were part of me and it gave me a, a sexual uh, uh, satisfaction to do that. Tonight, we're talking the Milwaukee monster, the cannibal killer, Jeffrey I was Dahmer. branching out. Stay That's when the tuned. cannibalism started, eating of the heart and... Uh, the arm muscle it was a way of uh, making me feel that uh, they were a part of me that it, for at first it was just curiosity and then it became compulsive Talking junk, talking junk. Where entertainment, entertainment lives. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, boys and girls, welcome to the Tonight's episode is brought to you by the great people at Heaven's Pantry and their Excalibur Chocolate Energy Bar. This thing is the 100% vegan brownie that has the internet buzzing. This thing is amazing. Only six simple ingredients, dates, cashews, almonds, cocoa powder, coconut oil, and sea salt makes for the ultimate all-natural gluten-free snack bar. Well, energy bar. We use it as a snack bar. But in, re- in, 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 uh, in real life, these things last six hours. One bar. That energy will have you going the whole day through. And when you're done... And you're ready to kick back. We are also sponsored by Dizzle. The premium, premium original mango liqueur. Straight out of California. This thing is only categorized as a liqueur because it's tequila and cognac mixed with mango margarita and hints of citrus. This thing can mix with anything, and it does mix with everything. Like I said, on many occasions, all we do is dizzle. That is all we do here. Do you understand that? This man lives off dizzle. Welcome to The Break Room, the podcast that comes to you live every Saturday night. 
the crew is here. I got Talon with me and Darby. Hopefully, uh, Dre and uh, Migs will be along a little later. How's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully. Oh, I'm doing good tonight. I uh, wanted to apologize ahead of time for my voice quality or if I cough at all. My throat's a bit scratched up, but I'm doing pretty good. Ready for tonight. Apologies not accepted. Fucking Tom. <laughs> Coming out of the blue, talking shit. I've always been here, Darby. You should know I'm always there right behind you, looking. Very ominous. Wave Facebook them. user sent a wave. Who Hello. is said Facebook user? It's probably Mark Zuckerberg. That's a great way to start this fucking episode. Just Mark Zuckerberg watching. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Zuckerberg has some like heads in one of his built-in freezers. That would be something. Now, wouldn't it? Every head that he takes in real life, he translates over to the metaverse fridge he has in his own world. <laughs> Fucking metaverse killer, bro. But yeah, no, I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Other than that, I am excited to talk about tonight because Dahmer himself is just such an interesting fellow, isn't he, Jay? Oh, he sure is. Two weeks of Dahmer is enough. I, one week of Dahmer is enough. It, I wanted to say ahead of time, uh, fair warning right now, there's there's going to be talk of like severed penises and dismembered body parts and all the sorts. Are of you giving a fucking graphic warning for this show? For severed penis? <laughs> I, th I think severed penises is at least. No, one. no, Darby. We don't give discretion advised here. Either you come and you chill or your fucking weak constitutions can get the fuck out of here. All right. Well, if you hear that, if you can't handle the penises, get the fuck out of here. It's well, like you can't hear it audibly. Oh my god, it's so crazy. We're talking about a cannibal killer, bitch. The fuck? Right. What do you think we're gonna <laughs> talk about? He's oh, he just he was eating fingernails and picking noses. No, this nigga was cutting people up, put them in the freezer, put them in the ground beef. That hamburger helper, you know what I mean? He says that the human that heart tastes like ground beef. When they when people say they put their feet in the cooking, uh, blood. Jeffrey Dahmer was very. And uh, somebody else's little. tears went into his food. <laughs> right, right. Somebody else's blood, sweat, and tears went into his food. You're absolutely right. Because I got some tacos. And just I these tacos. I heard somebody come in and come right back out. Who peeked in through the break room door and then left again? That's a great question. Hmm. It ain't gonna be no managers because ain't no managers here. Just in case you guys are wondering, Jeffrey Dahmer is a convicted serial killer and sex offender. Murdered 17 males between 1978 and 1991. He was killed in 1994 by a fellow prison inmate. Jeffrey Dahmer, an American serial killer, one of the most prolific. Like I said, he took 17 lives, male lives, between 1978 and 1991. Uh, we're, we're reading from uh, biography.com and filling in the blanks like we always do. Over no, the notice he was a sexist killer. Continue. He was a what? He, he said he was a, a sexist, sexist killer. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I actually found something to correlate that. In that apartment guy I was talking about on Reddit, I, I, the throw out some context 
I found a guy on Reddit who did an IMA who actually knew Jeffrey Dahmer because he was one of his neighbors. He actually made a comment on how he casually would make sexist remarks against women because when he started breaking down and telling them about his marriage with his like ex-wife, he just straight up cut him off and said women are worthless. So there is a component of sexism there. I totally that's that's something to note. But continue on, Jay. I mean, he was gay, so. And on well, top they, of that, he probably hated females because of his mother, which we'll get into. Right. And honestly, that's one no. thing we're not going to do here also. We're, we're not going to sugarcoat Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, you know what I mean? We're not going to make him look like a fucking murder for his mental illnesses. You know, we all got mental illnesses. Suck it the fuck up. But... That was the one uh, I was trying to do. I was trying to make a note that he had a sex. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying I say that to say this. Uh, if you clicked on this, if you're watching it live or you're watching it uh, in the archives or listening to it. More than likely, you are. Uh, you've been sucked into the Jeffrey Dahmer vortex. The Jeffrey Dahmer vortex has uh, started up again. And it's due, likely, more than likely, to Evan Peters' role on Netflix as uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. I feel like it's always been kind of a popular thing, though. It has. It has. But but every so often when these uh, documentaries or reprisals come up or reenactments or whatever the fuck you want to call them, and whenever they come up, especially nowadays... People tend to rush towards them. That's because I watch shit like American Horror Story. And they're just like, oh, my God, look at this hot character. Like, no, motherfucker, this person existed. This was right. actual evil, you cut. Right. Actual fucking evil. Oh, now uh, you mentioned that American Horror Story was some good fucking shit. Some of it was. Right, but I, I, like it just, it's desensitatory, you know? The one, the one alien arc that they had was fucking weird. Did you see that newer season? I forgot which I, one it was. I did not get that far in the show. It, uh, I liked the first season, and then the second season was interesting. And then I stopped watching once they killed the clown because I was really interested in that character. What, and then found out I was like, hey, he's not if, really part of the story. I what, like, if oh, I okay. told you, what if I told you like the first, first two seasons are like the worst seasons? I, that wouldn't make me watch it. That's fair. But, I mean, I, I don't, I don't detract from the show, but it's just not my cup of tea. Especially like once it, I like, I, I appreciate what they're doing, but at the same time, it's like I don't feel like watching a whole series. Just to wrap uh, up, just to wrap yeah. up this little, this little derailment. Jay, did you watch that new Hellraiser movie yesterday? The new who what? The new Hellraiser. Hellraiser? Yes, yes. It was fucking awesome. Me and me and me. I liked Jay it way better. Is it better than the original? Yeah. No. I liked it better than the original. Oh, God. The original is- a fucking slog for me, so I hope it is. Dude, the original I liked stood it. In the fucking attic. That shit was shit. I like two. Was, I mean, I like two more. To be fair, but I, I don't know. I like the original. For, the first Hellraiser. I like the Xenobite designs in the original Hellraiser more. Yeah, again, yeah. The, I, design, this, the 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 fucking designs were a little better in the original. I didn't like that they were pretty much. But I also like horror movie cheese. What's up? What's up, Tom? I was gonna say Clive Barker's great at making like horror universes, but them stories is not usually the strongest. Nah, this this story is pretty solid. 
Yeah, I mean, Hellraiser never really had like the original Hellraiser movies. Never really had like a fucking. There's no, yeah, but there's no, there's no story to Hellraiser. Kind of like watching heavy metal. There's more of a story around it. Right. I mean, he's kind of right too. You're also supposed to like kind of try to imagine the world around it yourself, kind of like fill in the blanks with your own mind when you watch it. Because it's not supposed to, it's not about the world, it's about the message it sends that humanity constantly torments itself with its own desires and pleasures. And it hit and that, the head uh, in this movie. But yeah, anyways, to finish up this derailment, Jake, continue on. Getting back to the living Hellraiser himself. Over the course of more than 13 years, Dahmer sought out men, mostly African American and Latino men, at gay bars, malls, and bus stops. <laughs> lured them home with promise of money or sex and then gave them alcohol laced with drugs before strangling them to death he would then engage in sex acts with the corpse before dismembering them and disposing of them often keeping their skulls or genitals as souvenirs he frequently took photos of his victims at various stages of the murder process so he could uh, recollect each uh, act afterwards and relive the experience. Dahmer was captured in 91 and sentenced to 16 life terms. He was killed by a fellow inmate, Christopher uh, Scarver, in 1994. I just want to say real quick, talking about no um, uh, like warnings, I do want to say uh, I feel sorry for the families who didn't want Netflix to do what they did right, because right. it was a trauma for them, and Netflix was like, nah, fuck you, money, you bitch. Um, so... Uh, just remember that when you're sensual- sensationalizing and glorifying these fucking killers, there are real traumatic people that are attached to this. And even though they probably have every right to have you shut the fuck up and complain about you being like, oh, this is so hot, or like, look at how interesting this is. Like, have more respect for history. Just because it's dramatized doesn't mean you need to treat it like it is a drama. So uh, I just want to apologize because we're probably going to say some fucked up shit during this show. And we definitely capitalizing <laughs> off of it ourselves, but not like Netflix did. It's not like we reached out to y'all and we're like, hey, do you mind? They reached out and you were like, no. And they said, well, suck a dick. So Right. And Netflix kind of made you with the, I mean, not to take anything away from uh, Peters because his, he, he played a fucking tremendous role. But they kind of make you want to feel sorry for this killer because of uh, what he went through. I guess as a child and through his life. And we, like we're, we're not going to do that. What you said, Tyler? Like it's an excuse. Right. So we'll, let's, let's touch on his uh, childhood and family. Now, Dahmer was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on May 21st, 1960 to Lionel and Joyce Dahmer. He was described as an uh, energetic and happy child until the age of four when surgery to correct a double hernia seemed to affect a change in the boy. Noticeably subtle, uh, excuse me, noticeably subdued, he became increasingly withdrawn following the birth of his younger brother and this this family's frequent moves. And this is why we we tend to fill in the blanks because a lot of sites, they don't have everything. Now, his mother was she had mental uh, illnesses also, and she was on several drugs. I think they said 24 in one of the documentaries that we we watched. Uh, 24 different drugs while she was uh, pregnant with Dahmer. 
So this likely could have contributed to all his mental disabilities. I mean, a medicinal cocktail while you're pregnant, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, he was an energetic and happy child, but he still... It kind of like they, seemed to change after both the surgery when his brother was born. Those were two defining moments in his childhood. And especially when his family finally moved to Bath, Ohio, uh, Lionel, Jeffrey's father, claimed that Jeffrey was sexually abused by one of like the neighbor boys. And that's crazy because later on they would they would uh, uh, accuse Lionel of being the one who sexually molested Dahmer. And the, the fucking crazy thing about it is, again, we're, we're forgetting to they, a lot of people forget the fact that uh, his mother didn't even she was she had a lot going on. Like she was a germaphobe and everything. So she didn't even let nobody touch Dahmer as a baby. And uh, as we all know now that that affects children. And, and right there there's studies showing that like when you're a younger child and like when especially when you're like an infant the less touch and the less like you know motherly affection in general like nurturing care that you have as a child is directly associated with levels of sociopathy right so it's no it's no surprise by his early teens he was disengaged tense and uh largely friendless Dahmer claimed that, that mother don't be so shitty and maybe we'll have less fucking problems in society Right. Dominic, I mean, it goes for fathers also. His father... No, 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 no. Fuck that shit. Fathers are great. Mothers need to pick up the ball because they create serial killers. You, you never hear about going back to the cycle. That wasn't about his father, was it? It was about his Bro, mom. Bro, it's about his father, too, because his father... Nah, would... nah, nah, there is yeah, a couple no. serial killers that had issues with their father, what? Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah, billions there's of serial few. killers, so only five having to do with their father is not a lot. That's not the number. Though. Well, There's this in, the, in his case, it has to do with his father also because his father would go with him to uh, find roadkill and help him dissect it. His father was a chemist, I believe. Oh, see, see, he was just being a scientist. He was teaching him life. His mother, on the other hand, was teaching he him. You cannot say that. His father was a and piece didn't want to touch his scaly Please, skin, bro. He essentially is the one that taught him how to dissect these fucking guys. See, this is what happens when you teach people at too young an age. Right. And it, it became a compulsion, like he said. Like you, you heard inside the uh, little intro we played before the show. Uh, it became a compulsion for him. And he needed to do it at that after that. It's like Dexter. Well, uh, there's, there's right. On top of that, too, like Jeffrey's mom was also like hospitalized twice in the late 1970s for like psychiatric problems. According to like her father, according to Jeffrey's father, Lionel, she'd been taking drugs for a while to deal with like the extreme nervousness, you know, and anxious breaks, and overall like you know psychiatric problems that she had. They don't ever mention what psychiatric problems that she had or what issues that she had in general. But when they mentioned extreme nervousness, I'd imagine that'd be something to do with anxiety. And back then, right. in the back then in those days when you had anxiety, they just give you fucking opiates. But and a um, lot of she probably of didn't think too hard of a drug. She was but, on hard drugs. She was. Right. She, she needed drugs. to go maybe PCP with a little meth. She was given phenobarbital, dude. Ah, fentanyl is so popular. Like, go something cool. <laughs> it it's wasn't not popular fentanyl. <laughs> it's not fentanyl. It, well, whatever it is, it's not cool. Like, that's way harder to cool. say. 
It's not cool. Then crack meth or PCP. <laughs> See how short those are? Those are five or less letters. Uh, well, PCP is not. It's an acronym, but it counts. Hear that, kids? Anyway, meth if she had some PCP or LSD, maybe she would have been able to fix things. Meth is good, apparently, because it has four letters. All right. <laughs> and it's close to math. And if you're that close to math, it has to be an intelligent move. Well, I guess this is going to be appropriate for this episode right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where, where were we? Where were we? I, I, claimed, I got you. Okay. Wait, you want to go? Go ahead. He claims that his compulsions towards necrophilia and murder began around the age of 14. But it appears that the breakdown of his parents' marriage and their acrimonious divorce a few years later may have been the catalyst for t- uh, turning these thoughts into actions. By the time of his first killing, Dahmer's alcohol consumption had spun out of control. He dropped out of Ohio State University after one quarter term, and his recently uh, remarried father insisted that he join the army. They're skipping a lot of shit, and I don't like that shit. So let's go back. A I got bit. you. I got you. This guy, he at, right after the school. Do you want me to? I, I got the school years for him if you want to do that. All right, go ahead. Yeah, during his school years, Jeffrey built a reputation as like a general misfit with a penchant for like pranks and like overall he's known as a heavy drinker too. So it's alcohol, his legacy for alcohol. Bro, he used to pull six packs and shit from his locker and drink right. in class. Yeah, no, and some of his pranks were just uh kind cool of like, stuff. Like a lot of his like a lot of like generic like freshman pranks, like fucking shouting shit, bleeding like a sheep, faking epileptic fits. Which they made a note sounds eerily similar to the childhood behavior of Arthur Shawcross, which was another prolific serial killer who practiced cannibalism. Um, after he graduated from high school, his parents had a divorce, like he mentioned, and at the because at, oh yeah, his parents are going through an extremely bitter one, and each had moved out because Jeffrey, eighteen, was legally adult. The law did not allow for anyone to have custody of him. Therefore, no one took custody. Instability and a lack of emotional support continued. So there's probably a good chance that the both is divorced. <laughs> At least they were and, consistent with him. Right. It, Bro, how about how about how about his father left his mother, right? They stood he she let he left her with the kids and the house and everything. He took off. Shortly thereafter, he while he was in his, I think, either junior or senior year of high school. His mother left with his brother, took the fuck off, and left Jeffrey in the house by himself. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of kids would have dreamed for that. I'm pretty sure there's movies based off of that concept. Right, but normal kids would have had friends over. They would have had parties to make friends if they didn't have friends. That wasn't that wasn't Jeffrey. He was uh, his parents weren't ever there. He's a fucking dweeb. He was getting drunk and dissecting fucking roadkill. Damn right he was. His what drinking nerd. problems persisted after the army. Well, while in the army, he was uh, enlisted in late December 1978 and was uh, posted to Germany shortly thereafter. His drinking problem persisted, and in early 1981, the army discharged him. Although German authorities would later investigate possible connections between Dahmer and murders. Uh, that took place in the area during that time. It was not believed that he took any more victims while serving in the armed forces. Following his discharge, Dahmer returned home and they're skipping stuff too. It was later... Uh, it was, was good, Jack Blacker. Yo, what's 
What's going on with y'all? Not much, man. Uh, you know, just kicking it, eating some head cheese. Okay. Head cheese. Nice. All right. Um, we got some severed penises on the side. That's why. Right. Or as scratching. they call them in your native state, glizzies. Of <laughs> <laughs> state glizzies. So it, it was later determined that while he was in the army, he drugged and raped two guys in the army. They later came forward. Following his discharge, Dahmer returned home to Ohio. Uh, an arrest later that year for disorderly conduct prompted his father to send Dahmer to live with his grandmother in Wisconsin. Now, the disorderly conduct uh, they speak of, uh, this guy went to a fucking carnival and just started beating his meat in public. He's extremely drunk all the time, too. He was just so. So you beat your meat at a carnival? No, no. I'm just saying that's like to think about it. He was just completely wasted, stumbling into a parking lot at a carnival, and just started beating his meat. That's no excuse. You could be completely. It's not an excuse. Just saying, fuck, man. Imagine imagine being in that mental state. (laughs) (laughs) But his alcohol problem continued, and his arrest. uh, He was arrested the following summer for indecent exposure. All right, that was that was uh, the carnival. He was arrested once again in 1986 when two boys accused him of masturbating in front of them. He received a one-year probationary sentence. Now, we're going to see a lot of instances in his story where cops were very lenient with him and he got away. He could have been stopped early on. As a matter of fact, let's get into his first victim and we'll see that he uh, could have been caught here in his first victim. And it could oh, yeah, there was allegations. 16 other people from being murdered. There was allegations that he drugged people at gay bars right before he murdered this first person. Yeah, man, that's just crazy. I've been catching up on that. It's, it's, that shit is definitely wild. My man just preying on people through the shit that he learned yeah, in, as, a, as a combat medic. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. What you mean catching up, motherfucker? First of all, his story is over. What? What? There's nothing to catch up on. Like, he's dead already, so you don't have to catch up that fast. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, in terms of the show. You had two weeks, motherfucker. You had two weeks. You know, that sounds like long enough. I'm just saying. For Dahmer's story, surprisingly, it was. It's it's way. A week was enough. Okay. So I still can't catch up. I still came in here late. Like, what the fuck you pressing me for, nigga? I'm right, not, y'all, I'm, only another. I'm not, I'm not fucking pressing you. Fuck. Flip on the table. <laughs> his homework might be a little bit late, but he did his homework. Take off a couple of points and give him his credit. You gotta be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, this, this is my Friday. I'm off on Friday. I'm a little happy. Let me. That be sounds like Dahmer slipped uh, Talon's internet. Access <laughs> Nikki. He made him drink a beer with floaty stuff on the top of it. <laughs> Dahmer murdered 17 men between 17, uh, excuse me, 1978 and 1991. He was careful to select victims on the fringes of society who were often inherent or borderline criminal, making their disappearances less noticeable and reducing the likelihood of his capture. He lured them to his home with uh, promises of money and or sex, then strangled them to death. He engaged in sex act with their body. Why do you keep repeating yourself? I hate this website. All right. First four victims. 
Dahmer's first murder occurred just after graduating high school in June 1978 when he picked up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks and took him home to his parents' house uh, while his parents were on vacation, I believe. Dahmer proceeded to get the young man drunk, and when Hicks tried to leave, Dahmer killed him by striking him in the head and strangling him with the barbell. All right, now they again they they left out a lot. So Dahmer he was already having like uh gay fantasies and sexual urges and his his uh fetish of choice was men with not a lot of hair on their chest or no hair at all or and was- a nice chest. He like was almost, also having fantasies about picking up a hitch- hitchhiker, too. That was right, he was. One. And this guy just so happened to have hitchhiked uh, from his hometown to try to get to a concert that night. And he wasn't too far, so Dahmer would have been his last ride to, to make it to that concert. Uh, unfortunately, he never made it there. He went to Dahmer's house, and I believe it was said that they had sex. And they got they got drunk and just chilled out for a while. And when it was time to go, Dahmer didn't want him to go. And he whacked him with the fucking barbell. Well, first he kept he kept uh, wanting to work out. They kept working out and shit, and Dahmer didn't want him to leave. So he was like, you know, let another set, dude. Let's let's do another set. You know what I mean? Let's 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 get it going. He was like, nah, I've been here long enough. Motherfucker, I gotta go. Then he got clocked with the barbell and uh he fucking strangled him. Dahmer dismembered the corpse of his first victim, packed the body in plastic bags, and buried them behind his parents' home. He later exhumed the remains, crushed the bones with a sledgehammer, and scattered them across a wooded ravine. This was over a couple of weeks, too. Like, he kept coming back to parts of the body, and, like, you know, he was really stressed and overall anxious after his first kill. Like, he said he was pacing around his apartment for, like, almost hours at a time, just wondering what to do. And he said after that point, it was like a dark, like like a dark taint on his soul. I believe that's one of his quotes from the interview. Taint. It wasn't until September 1987 that Dahmer took his second victim, Stephen Tomey. They checked into a hotel room and drank, and Dahmer eventually awoke to find. All right, see, they're skipping a lot. So Dahmer, uh, after he got sent home. Uh, he would frequent gay bars and uh, look for for people there, and he would have his fun. That's how, you know back then he would have to keep it keep it a secret that uh, he liked men, and he would he didn't want to be a disgrace to his family. So he would go to these gay bars, and he would stay in uh, bathhouses. Uh, and in the bathhouses that he would take the people, he would uh, drug them there. And he got he he got away with like thirteen people he drugged until one of the the people he drugged was a underage boy and he got uh, a little too much in his drink and they I got a little I got a little timeline right here Jay on January nineteen eighty eight James Dox Tater fourteen year old killed Damer offered him money to pose nude for photos and took him back to his grandmother's house. After sex, Damer drugged and strangled him. By now, his pattern of using acid and crushing force to destroy the remains was practiced. Later that year, on March 24th, Richard Guerrero, 25, came back to his house for the same thing, drugged and strangled him. And on September 25th of 1988, Damer moved into his own place. He offered $50 to a 13-year-old to post nude, gave him drugged coffee, 
and you know took advantage of him the boy escaped and Dahmer was arrested from here on the place pace for the murders picked up significantly once he had his own place Dahmer seemed to have lost most of what little control he had in 1988 or 1989, Jeffrey was convicted of second-degree sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. Sentenced on May 23rd to five years and three years, sentences to be served concurrently. Actually served 10 months, then began five years probation. Later that, later that same year, on March 25th, Anthony Sears, 24, was last seen alive. Damer met him at a club, took him back to his grandmother's house, did the old Damer routine. You're going, through, you're going through all the murders, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, give me a second. I got I got all of those right here. They're gonna go through them um one by one. Gotcha. I thought she was gonna go. Me yeah, no, because those are the murders that happened while you know those those few other murders. That you I thought she was gonna give me the timeline of the bathhouses. That was most of the bathhouse victims. You know, I heard that uh, the new McDonald's Happy Meal was inspired by Jeffrey Dahmer. You what? How so? That's, that's just a one-line question. I don't know why you want to follow up. <laughs> I was gonna say it, like, it does have one of the most random fucking names. Also, why doesn't it have Ronald McDonald's as, as a toy, and why do, do they have fucking four eyes? Yo, it looks hella weird. I mean, we know that there's deer knees and possibly baby ankles in that meat. So, so. You love your baby ankles. I mean, they give a certain umami flavor, so like I get it, but I don't think it's necessary. I wonder if Damer thinks baby feet has an umami flavor. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt. Oh, I was going to say that. Jay likes the like flavor. That's why he that crazy shit. Like tarantula legs? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm fucking thinking. This motherfucker over here would eat a tarantula burger like a fucking weirdo. Yeah, we had a tarantula inside the garage at where we were. It was a wolf spider. A wolf spider. She ate its legs. Fuck those. She ate its legs, Jay. Come on. Come on. You had dinner crawling across the floor. No, I'm good. That shit could eat me. All right, where the fuck was I? We're 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 derailing here. Wolf spiders. It was about time for one one. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if it's, it's happening to the rest of y'all, but Darby, you be echoing when you talk. I'm echoing now? Yeah, just a bit. I don't hear it. I think it's off of Jay. Hang on, everyone else is muted. The only one who would echo back is Jay. That may be because I'm too close, so my headphone might be... Maybe, maybe that's what it is, because it's only... Yo. 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 I think I that's kind of what it is. What about now? Yo. Now. Yo. It's still there, but you know what? It's not overly distracting at the moment. If it gets there, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Well, it wasn't until September 87 that Dahmer took a second victim, Stephen Tomei, which we, uh, I believe that's where we were. They checked into a hotel room and drank, and Dahmer eventually awoke to find Tomei dead with no memory of the previous night's activities. He bought a large... <laughs> he said he woke up <clears throat> he took him over there and they both drank a, a lot and he never had intentions of killing him. That's not what he brought him there for. He brought him there to have fun. And uh, he woke up and the guy was dead and his forearms were bruised. So 
in all in all likeliness, uh, he was the one that fucking pounded his face in. Um, he then brought a large, he went downstairs, uh, got the room for an extra day so he can clean up. He bought a large suitcase to transport Tomei's body to his grandmother's basement where he dismembered and masturbated on the corpse before disposing of the remains. Only after Dahmer killed another two victims at his grandmother's home did she tire of her grandson's late nights and drunk drunkenness. Although she had no knowledge of his other uh, other activities, and she forced him to move out of the premises in '88. But before he moved out, he brought a guy there. Well, he instead of getting a hitchhiker, he found a guy on the side of the road that needed help with a tire, and he brought him back to his crib. And then he tried to drug him, but the guy wasn't going for it. He really didn't want nothing to do with him. And he uh, he took off, went to the cops and all of that. His grandmother actually, no, 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 no. He came back and did. He did pass out with the, uh, the drugs. And his grandmother came down and caught him, but didn't let Dahmer do anything to him. And in the morning, the kid left and came back with the cops. And the grandmother was there and told the cops that Dahmer didn't do nothing to him. He didn't have no uh, no case against it. It was their words uh, against his. They basically said he was a, a drunk motherfucker and stood the night because he couldn't go nowhere. September 89, Dahmer had an extremely lucky uh, escape, an encounter with a 13-year-old. You know, I think we skipped something. In his first, um, <clears throat> his first kill, yeah, who gets blackout drunk? I, I, I've, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I have been curious enough at one point to see, without you know, alcohol poisoning, if I could drink enough to where I didn't remember the night before. And I don't know what it is about the chemistry, but I can't be that different from people to where I could not blackout drunk. And then there's all these people like, oh man, I just don't remember. Really? What the fuck were you drinking? Like rocket fuel? Um, uh, I agree. Like that. Uh, I, that like that's this, a wild, bizarre thing. And then he like is like, well, I guess I killed him. I guess I'll just chop up his body and masturbate in the court. Like that guy was fuck. He had no intention. You intended to do something fucked up, clearly, because that wasn't too hard for you to do there. Oh, yeah. Uh, maniacal from the beginning, but please continue. Uh, in 89, September of 89, Dahmer had an extremely lucky escape. An encounter with a 13 year old uh, Laotian boy resulted in charges of sexual exploitation and second degree sexual assault for Dahmer. He pleaded guilty, claiming that the boy had appeared much older. While awaiting sentencing his, uh, for his sexual assault case, Dahmer again put his grandmother's basement to gruesome use. In March of 89, he lured, drugged, strangled, sodomized, photographed, dismembered, and disposed of Anthony Sears, an aspiring model. At his trial for child molestation in 1989, May 1989, Dahmer was the model of... Uh, Contrition, uh, contrition, arguing 
uh, in his own defense about how he had seen the error of his ways and that his arrest marked a turning point in his life. His defense counsel argued that he needed treatment, not incarceration. And the judge agreed, handing down a one-year prison sentence on day release for him to go to uh, his job during the day. Fucking and bizarre. Night. Right. As well as a five-year probationary sentence. Now that I don't know how often they did that back then, but it's kind of unheard of for somebody to go into jail and be able to come out on work release. For for what I know of, it almost makes you feel like he was low-key procuring shit for people on higher echelons, and then also doing his own thing. And as long as he was in a certain pocket, they weren't gonna fuck with him because that. May, are you fucking serious? Like, that's an unbelievably absurd type of sentence right. for that charge. Well, right. he eventually got caught anyways. I just think it's because Milwaukee just didn't have, like, they just never expected anything like that, ever. Nah, I, <laughs> you, you don't put somebody on work release who gets caught on a sexual char- assault charge with a Laotian boy. Especially when you have other things, like... He, it's not like it's his first offense. He's been caught doing creepy, grimy shit before. You're like, yeah, hey, well, it's not that bad, I guess. We'll just keep an eye on him. No, you should have just sent the motherfucker to prison. That might have right. reformed him. Well, years later, in an interview with CNN, Lionel Dahmer stated that he wrote a letter to the court that issued the sentence requesting psychological help before his son's parole. However, Dahmer was granted an early release by the judge after serving only 10 months for his sentence. He briefly lived with his his grandmother following his release, during which time he does not appear to have added to his body count before moving back into his own apartment. Now, the last 13 victims... Over the following two years, Dahmer's victim count accelerated, bringing his total from four to 17. He developed rituals as he progressed, experimenting with chemical means of disposal and often consuming the flesh of his victims. Dahmer also attempted crude lobotomies, drilling into victims' skulls while they were still alive and injecting them with uh, muriatic acid. However, he did try with uh, boiling hot water as well. He was trying to create a sort of like mindless zombie that would not resist or completely acquiesce to his will. Basically like a sort of sexual zombie. Right, right. See, it was said that uh, he started killing again after he stole uh, a mannequin from a store and his grandmother found it in his house because he was using the mannequin to calm his compulsions. He would sleep with it. He would lay on his chest and it would give him the illusion that somebody was there with him all night, which is all ultimately apparently what he wanted somebody to be there with him 24 seven. He wanted a booty whore. He just wanted somebody there. Yeah. There are other ways to go about that. Yeah, there are. Now, like, a, like a lot. Right. Honestly, being a crack whore is more respectable. <laughs> well, I guess. I guess you could say that if you want. 
crack whores. Uh, more crack respect. whores are doing things to get themselves their own pleasure and stuff. This man was drilling into skulls and injecting acid. I think a crack whore is more respectable here. I mean, if anything, they're, they're trying to... <laughs> respectable crack whores. Right, it's unheard of. Exactly. And then we got this. <laughs> On May 27th, 91, Dahmer's neighbor, Sandra Smith, called the police to report an Asian boy running naked in the street. When the police arrived, the boy was incoherent, and they accepted the word of Dahmer, a white man in a largely poor African-American community, that the boy was his 19-year-old lover. In fact, the boy was 14 years old and a brother to the Laotian teen Dahmer had molested three years earlier. Now, talk about some fucking cruel fate. You know what I mean? Yes, smack horse. <laughs> Says uh, Ali's Most Wanted. Shout out on YouTube. You don't ever do some smack and start drilling holes in people's heads and pouring acid on it? No, but this was the first victim that he tried it on. And that's cruel fucking fate, bro. Who would have thought that years later, the fucking brother of the person Dahmer molested would end up in his house and be the first victim of... Uh, the zombie, the zombie effect. Yeah, Dahmer probably knew. Dom- this, I don't know. This make Dahmer a necromancer? No, a they. Huh. It's a good question. <laughs> Honestly, uh, the Netflix series. If you believe the Netflix series, and I don't think they touched on it in the other documentaries, not that I can remember, but uh, he didn't know until he got the boy to the house and the boy seemingly told him that he was the the brother of the person he molested. Could you imagine how... Well, his didn't the family talk about him? stranger danger after the first time? <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, it was the 80s and they yeah, were... I mean, one time struggling should be enough to family. at least shock the family. After the know. first time, a white guy in a button-up goes, hey, you want to come back to my house and drink some beer? You filled the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave you some money for some pictures. But that's how he, he did it. He told him, you know, I'll give you 50 bucks. Don't you need money to help your family? And he $50. brought him back to the crib. Hey, $50 was a lot of money back then. I, again, I would have made sure after that first horrible event to be like, look, don't ever feel like you need to do something to help this family. You be right. protected. Don't see nobody. Because what? I mean, after after if you did that that to my second child, especially the horrific shit he did, I'm probably gonna go to prison because I'm gonna find you. And apparently, you wouldn't be too hard to fucking find because you found both of my kids. Right. Like you're clearly around. Right. Yo, like I said, no, you go ahead. (laughs) Like I said, the boy, uh, uh, Dahmer said the boy was his 19 year old lover, and in fact, the boy was the 14 year old brother of the Loatian teen Dahmer had molested three years earlier. The police fucking escorted Dahmer and the boy back to Dahmer's house, clearly not wishing to become embroiled in a homosexual domestic disturbance. They only, uh, they took only a 
uh, cautionary look around before leaving. Had they went into Dahmer's room, now they said that it smelled in there, but they they really didn't think anything of it. Hey, Chief, why would it, it smells you? like rotten flesh in there? You think we got to bro? Draw it out? Cops nah. are trained to fucking know what the smell of rotting corpse they don't give is. A shit. Smells like to respond to it. They just didn't give a shit. Maybe it was just a a very death-smelling part of town. Right? They just got into some shitty apartment building, saw two, escorted two gay guys in there, and they're like, ah, this just must be what it's like in there, and just fucked off because they're a bunch of police pigs. What do you think? They might have walked into the apartment complex or whatever and saw a rat go inside and, like, lock the door and be like, all right, so this is the type of place. Bro, they knew what type of neighborhood it was. It was low income neighborhood. Low, I really really low income. Walking. That's probably why they didn't give a shit. Yeah, that's exactly why they didn't give a shit. Fucking Milwaukee's and in Ohio, that, right? Bro, do they have it on here? Or should I just mention it? No, they don't have it on here. So they didn't even want to deal with it more because it was a homosexual domestic disturbance. Right after they left, they went into the squad car and they reported it and then said that they would be off duty for a little while because his partner had to go into the station to get deloused. Because that's the biggest problem that was presenting them at the moment. Right. Not the fact that it smelled like fucking rotting flesh and you had a fucking zombified 14-year-old. Should I check? I uh, hear some groans in there, and it smells like rotten flesh. I don't know, man. My head's getting itchy. Should get out of here, Chief. Now, had they walked into that room, they would have found the body of one of his other victims laying on the floor, just vibing on the floor. Yeah, I think that's that's how we would marinate. <laughs> gotta get it. Gotta get it in the carpet. Once the police carpet. left. Once the police left the scene, Dahmer killed the boy and proceeded with his usual rituals. What else would he do when the police left the scene? I mean, right. He was gonna they were probably him. walking downstairs listening to screams of agony like, eh, it's, it's nothing. We just like turn around and just hear a buzzsaw a second the door closes. He's literally putting on like plastic, uh, like a plastic fucking uh, coverall, and then he's got like one of those face shields, and then he starts plugging in a bone saw as they're leaving, just like, yeah, no, thanks for stopping by. It was just an understanding. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna teach him some stuff here. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, you go get D. Loud. Sorry about that. So sorry about the house. Impromptu uh, medical lessons, you know. I, I promise I'm gonna get an air purifier. All right, all right. I'll see you next time. No, do you know what he told his neighbors? He used two excuses. The first excuse was the smartest one. He said his grandmother had brought over a bunch of meat, and he put it in his uh, deep freezer, but forgot to plug the deep freezer in, and it went bad. Perfect excuse. Not really, but I guess. The second time, he said his exotic fish died, and he left them in the tank. Fish fish smell different. But both of those excuses are, if you will, fishy. (laughs) Very fishy. Apparently, his neighbors fully believed it. 
That's probably because they were also like, I don't want to give a fuck. This is not my business. Now, the Netflix series made it seem like he was, um, the, the his neighbor lived right next door to him when, in fact, she lived across the hall from him. So they didn't share a vent. She didn't smell all of that coming from the direct apartment link from the wall. But it was strong enough to smell in her apartment. Like, this man was just going into his house, breathing that in. Like, it was nothing. I always the think whole, about that. I think about him was. sitting on his bed, just huffing up fucking dank, fucking foul odors of some rotting body in an acid barrel. Yeah, but you do become nose blind to shit. And all that acid probably burnt the fucking sensations in his nose. Maybe. Sponsored by Febreze, I guess. Sponsored by Febreze. All right. See if he had a Glade plug-in. <laughs> Next to the barrel. Just Jeez. a Glade plug-in and a Dyson fan. Yeah, it smells like citrus and dead bodies. You gotta get the expensive one. <laughs> had the police conducted even a basic search, not only would they have found the body that I said was still there. And some Glade air freshener. Police would have found the body of Dahmer's 12th victim. 12th victim, Tony uh, Tony Hughes. I guess Tony Hughes was the guy I said was on the floor. Before he was finally, before he was finally arrested, Dahmer killed four more men. The crime scene at Jeffrey Dahmer's arrest, the refrigerator, and the Polaroids. Dahmer's killing spree ended when he was arrested on July 22, 1991. The body parts found in Dahmer's refrigerator and Polaroid photographs of his victims became in in uh, they became associated with the notorious killing spree. Two Milwaukee police officers led to Dahmer when they picked up Tracy Edwards, a 32-year-old African-American man who was wandering the streets with handcuffs dangling from his wrist. They decided to invest, investigate the man's claims that a weird dude had drugged and restrained him. They arrived at Dahmer's apartment, where he calmly offered to get the keys for the handcuffs. Edwards claimed that the knife Dahmer had threatened him with was in the bedroom. When the officer went into the uh, went in to corroborate the story, he noticed Polaroid photographs of dismembered bodies lying around. Dahmer was subdued by the officers. Subsequent searches revealed a head in the refrigerator, three more in the freezer, and a catalog of other horrors, including preserved skulls, jars containing genitalia, and an extensive gallery of macabre Polaroid photographs of his victims. In 96, following Dahmer's death, a group of Milwaukee businessmen raised more than $400,000 to purchase the items he used for his victims, including blades, saws, handcuffs, and refrigerator to store the body parts. They promptly destroyed them in an effort to distance the city from the horrors of Dahmer's actions and the ensuing media circus surrounding his trial. 400000 bro, to destroy all the why, shit. Why did it cost that much, and why was it not also evidence? It was, but after a certain amount of time, they just throw evidence out. It's, why did it cost 400 Like, that's so fucked. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, uh, you can destroy it. We understand this is horrendous, but uh, eh, let's say just under half a mil. Right. Just give that shit away. Like, yes, please destroy it. They got to make their money, bro. Somehow. <sighs> Dahmer's trial began January 92. Given that the majority of Dahmer's victims were African-American, there were considerable racial tensions. So strict security precautions were taken. Of course. Of course they were. Including an eight-foot barrier of bulletproof glass that separated him from the gallery. The inclusion of only one African-American on the jury provoked further unrest, but was ultimately contained and short-lived. Lionel Dahmer and his second wife attended the trial throughout. Dahmer initially pleaded not guilty to all charges, despite having confessed to the killings during police interrogation. What? Right, and that, uh, most of the documentaries and on the Netflix show, they show that uh, he was basically coached into doing so by his father and lawyer. Because he didn't want to do that. He just wanted to take his... It, his it's fucking like wild that right. there's people that would defend somebody for that. You wouldn't defend your son? Are you fucking kidding me? If if my son was found with this all that shit, no, that is, I'm disowning my child. There are there is a line, and at that fucking point, you're a fucking monster. But I also believe that I would do a far better job than his fucking parents did. So, bro, uh, anybody would do a better job than uh, Dahmer, a crack whore, for example. What you know, is it it's a real win today, today for crack horse. Right, that's what I'm saying. What is it with you and crack horse tonight? Because it's a really low ball, but it also lets you know, like, yeah, you're pretty fucking low, but yeah, it can get worse. Is there a crack whore epidemic in Santa Maria right now? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, just making sure. I think I'm just watching a lot of South Park, so I'm thinking of Carmen's mom. It wasn't raw. He actually cooked the meat. He said it, it tastes like beef. Which is actually not even consistent with what people say it tastes like. Right. People say it tastes like pork. Long pig. That's fucking disgusting. That's a, that's a gateway to cannibalism. You look like you would eat a human being. I would punch something like you would eat that. What is it with whoever's on the bottom right? Oh, no, no. There it is. It's up there. I don't know. We're talking about bottom right. What? What? I guess StreamYard's fucking with me in a different way today. How are they fucking with you? You seeing shit? Talon's hallucinating. No, whoever's in the bottom right and then also me now, I hear like there's a short echo behind it. It's fucking weird here. You know, you said, who's that in the bottom right? And you made me look like there was somebody peeking in. I got scared, Tyler. You scared me. It's just a ghost, Jay. I just watched Hellraiser before I came on here. 
Razor. No. No, no, no. The Hulu one. No, I know. I was just fucking... <laughs> I got the Lemmy song stuck in my head now. <clears throat> now, where the fuck did they have the breakdown of the, the killings? She's going to piss me off. I also want to make a note that this guy was able to afford an apartment, all this shit for his killings, and pay people for nude photographs on a job at a chocolate factory. He was a fudge packer? Bro, hold up. Because the fuck it, he was making good money. He was making like $20 an hour in that chocolate factory in, in uh around that time. That, that was Guapanese, bro. Yeah, in a chocolate factory. What the fuck are you doing in a chocolate factory? He probably nutted in some of the chocolate. Right? Like, he never admitted to it, but he knows that, like, millions of people have eaten his sperm. Imagine if he got employee of the month. Did he freeze-dry his children and that's what the Oreo cream is? That's disgusting, bro. <laughs> right? I might not ever buy Oreos again. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's let's uh, look at the victims real quick. Stephen Hicks was his first first victim. Uh, Stephen Hicks' father, Richard, described his son as a deeply caring person, telling an anecdote that the Associated Press about a, a to the Associated Press about a hunting trip where Stephen shot a rabbit and was as proud as he could be, and then he uh, bawled his eyes out. Hicks recently had graduated high school. Uh, in Ohio, he was hitchhiking to a rock concert in uh, Lake Park, Ohio, Chippewa Lake Park, Ohio, roughly 25 miles away, when Dahmer picked him up and brought him back to his parents' home. Hicks was last seen June 18, 1978, though his remains were not discovered until 91 after Dahmer confessed to his killing. Stephen Tomei, uh, he was 28 years old. He grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and worked as a short order cook in, in a Milwaukee restaurant. Classmates remembered him as being quiet but artistic. I was in art class with him, and he made a beautiful uh, lead-stained glass lamp that I can still remember, said classmate Priscilla Marley. It was just beautiful. I remember making a lead stained piece in fucking art class. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, that, that sounds toxic. I mean, I'm definitely ignorant to whatever they were doing, but lead? Right. I don't I don't know, bro. But it was the eight well, it when he was in high school it was the 70s, I believe. So Hit that subscribe button, man, if you think we funny. We all here every Saturday talking about shit like this. Different shit, too. We don't talking just have... Talking about nut non-chocolate bars. <laughs> yeah, well, you will hear obscene shit like nutting on chocolate bars every week. But we don't always don't... talk about serial killers. We got a lot of... I mean, it's not always obscene stuff about chocolate bars, but you can count on us for saying something fucking wild. Right. We'll always say something. Oh, wild. most definitely. Without a doubt. Like Bob Saget fucking kids. Like, that's definitely something we've all heard on this show before. See, look, the crazy shit is that Tomei 
is the only murder victim in Milwaukee for which Dahmer was not charged because of lack of evidence. Dahmer did not recall details, but believes he killed Tomei at the Ambassador Hotel. Tomei's father, Walter, said he was originally told by Milwaukee police that they could not do nothing because there was no sign of foul play. Tomei was last seen September 15, 1987. You know, not for nothing, but a really good uh, horror movie would be to film kind of like a POV uh, Blair Witch paranormal activity type of style. Um, or maybe, I, I'm not exactly sure, more, maybe more so just first person POV, but of somebody just living their day and then they get abducted by a killer and then them going through stuff. And then depending on whoever's in charge, I guess they're either going to die or maybe get saw. Uh, saved at the end. No, not Saw. Like maybe, like, nah, no, no. Saw, so saw. Saw's a little Talent. more deep. I just mean like from let's read the script ourselves. I, well, I mean like just from the victim's perspective. Like there's no right. context of what's going on. There's no perspective from like the killer. It's almost like a twelve angry men situation where it's going to be shot in one room, and all you have is like the person. It's about the victim and what their experience would be like, and the let's terror that's like. Let's write the script. Yeah, honestly, at this point, we could definitely generate a better script than Hollywood. Right, we can. And I asked Darby, I have a very interesting story to to write down. Nah, Jay, I think we should do generic thriller 80s horror. That'll work. It's it's uh it's it's coming back at the moment. All right, back to the victims. Jamie Doxator, age 14. (laughs) As young as he was, Jamie was nearly six feet tall. He was half Stockbridge at Port at Part uh, Onita and liked to play pool and ride his bike. His mother lived in Tampa and uh, he was the oldest of four children. One of my son's favorite sayings from the Bible was forgive them for they know not what they do. Debbie Vega said he will never feel that way about Dahmer. I will never feel that way about Dahmer, excuse me. He sits there so calmly and explains all the things he did. He knew what he was doing. Daxator was last seen January 16, 1988. Richard Guerrero, age 25, hailed from a family of Mexican descent. His sister, Janie Hagen, immediately assumed he was dead when he went missing in March 88. If he wanted to be like that, he would have at least called my mom and let her know everything was okay instead of leaving us in the dark like that. With my mother pl- uh, praying to God every day that the good Lord will send her her son home. Hagen said even when her brother got in trouble with the law, the first thing he did was call his mother. Well, uh, first of all, you get one phone call so you can get out of there. Ah, okay, you changed your name. Well, welcome back. Good to see you again. Hagen said even when his brother got... Oh, I read that already. Excuse me, excuse me. He sometimes babysat for Hagen's two-year-old daughter. Hagen felt police didn't take her seriously because her brother was Hispanic. The family hired a private investigator who defrauded them of money. 
<laughs> so on top of them losing their sons and Dahmer, they lost all their money in the private investigator. And had the private investigator actually did his job, he would have cracked the biggest case in history. Milwaukee has some incredibly co- incompetent fucking investigative and police force. Right. Like This is a terrible advertisement for their police force and stuff. It's like the Simpsons police force over there. Right? Right. Pretty much. Fucking Quimmy over here. <laughs> Wait, no, that's the mayor. We all know who, who it is. I Wiggum. Know, right? Chief Wiggum. Wiggum. There we go. Richard's <laughs> father, who worked at the golf course, lost much of his life savings uh, to the act of fraud. Hagen spoke to Dahmer in Spanish at the trial, calling him Diablo, uh, Diablo el dia, el puro Diablo, Diablo el puro Diablo, the devil, the pure devil. Anthony Sears, age 24, managed a Baker's Square in Milwaukee and was planning to celebrate his recent promotion to manager with his family over Easter dinner, but he never showed. He aspired to be a model and was saving money to leave Milwaukee. His mother, Marilyn, said he loved having his photo taken and was uh, apt to running off with friends for days at a time. The perfect type to get damered. Right. So he wasn't reported missing until four weeks had gone by. He never showed up. So I figured he just went down. What the fuck? Four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. Talk about a hands-off mothering style. (laughs) Again, Uh, or I guess we'll just say a hands-off parenting style because I because clearly the the dad's not even mentioned, so he probably fucked off a long time ago. Right. Um. Four weeks, bro. Never showed up, so she figured he went out to celebrate with his friends. So he celebrated for a month straight. That's what she thought. A few days later, I called, and I just got his answering machine. She said Sears had said he wanted to get married to his girlfriend as soon as he had enough money. He was last seen March 25th, 1989. So this is the victim that they they uh, still try to uphold that he wasn't gay. He just went there to have his picture taken by uh, Dahmer. Ricky Beeks, age 33, often went by the alias Raymond Smith, and it wasn't unusual for him to be gone long stretches. He'd been living with his half-sister, who took him in after he'd been released from prison and had a 10-year-old daughter who lived in Rockford, Illinois. He was last seen May 1990. Eddie Smith, age 28, Smith's sister said he called. Uh, he was called the Sheikith. Because of his frequently wore, he frequently wore a turban like wrap around his head. He aspired to be a professional model and was reported uh, missing in June 1990. And his sister Carolyn received a call, presumably from Dahmer, which he did say uh, it was him afterwards, that he did it to a lot of uh, victims' families. Uh, he got a, she got a call from Dahmer in March 91 indicating that her brother was dead. Carolyn became a prominent figure in the subsequent coverage, including the trial. Now, in the Netflix show, they made it seem like Dahmer called and said, stop looking for your brother. You're never going to find him. His um, brother- is Darby in the background again? 
I keep no he disappears. Dar, why you, keep, why you keep going in the back, bro? I don't know. My microphone keeps muting itself. I don't know what it is. <laughs> See, I told you, StreamYard be doing shit. Y'all think I be tripping. I'm, it's because it's you're the most Dahmer lookalike on the show right now. It's Look a spirit. That. It's a spirit nice. trying to emulate through my internet. It's happening. Basically, Jay, Jay says, ah, he's white and wears button-ups. He looks like a serial killer. Dahmer. Whatever. You trying to stay <laughs> racially profiling you? Yeah. You know, profiling <laughs> exists for a reason, but <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest Miller was age 24. He was You're about profiling to start- my button-up, actually. Profiling your button up. Yeah. Well, in that picture there, you do have a heart, a human heart. Tastes like beef. I'm just saying, look, look at that shit. It's Dahmer esque. Yeah, because this he always ate the heart first. Kali Ma bicep and shit like that. You ever done a Kali Ma? It's really crazy. You can put it back. I can put what? it back. Yeah. Like if you put it back after you take it out, you they're fine. But it's when you like don't take that put that shit back that they die and like you unleash your evil. Bro, you ever seen somebody Kali mod? Yeah, like, I did yes, well, yeah, this is a first hand experience. <laughs> it was on an uh, a uh uh Indiana Jones uh like immersive ride experience at Universal. <laughs> okay. And they pay. They pay one of the staff members. At the slab at Universal, when they retire, when the staff gets a little too old, they offer them up to the Sun God. Well, this this is ha- this happened after <laughs> they locked the Marvel license because before they had that, and then Disney got and they're like, "Shit, we got to step our game up here." And then you know, it's pretty cool to reach into somebody's chest and pull out their heart and be looking at that shit. It's still beating shit, and people are like, "Call him on," you're like, "Oh, it's like I'm in the movie," and then they're like, "All right, put it back," and then you put it back. I don't know what happens if you don't put it back, but they're very. This whole time I thought I was talking to you, and I was muted. What? This whole time I thought I was talking to you, and I was muted. Nope. Nope. But y'all, y'all should go. I don't know if they still have the ride there, but you should you should check it out. I ain't going to Universal Studios anytime soon. It's like a fucking month's rent for a ticket. Well, I mean, they are letting you pull the heart out of somebody's chest. I don't want to fucking do that. Do I look like I enjoy Dobber? I didn't say you have to do that. Like, I didn't know it was part of the ride until we got to that part of it. I thought it was just like this immersion thing where you're going to be running from the boulder. No, it was like a whole three. Like, well, you even still, bro, my boulder. fat ass don't want to run from, from a fucking boulder at a theme park. There's more than one die. ride, Jay. They have more than Indiana Jones. I'm just saying they have to pay that person or persons. Somehow, so obviously you gotta raise ticket prices. I obviously I can't wait, dude. I'm gonna buy a ticket just so I can pull somebody still beating heart out at fucking Universal. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, we're, 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 do a, do a TikTok, TikTok live. It'll be like our first like TikTok thing or something. Because <laughs> I don't think people know about it. Disney had to stop their game up, so they started sacrificing their employees. Can well, they even they just like ride anymore? Because Disney owns Indy now. They took it off of the Universal course and then put it into Disney course. 
Disney is going the fucking uh gory route. That new Marvel Werewolf by Night uh movie that came out yesterday, gory as fuck. Yeah, they still suck, but after you see after you see Elsa's frozen castle, you can go see a Kalima. <laughs> exactly. Give your child the full experience of life. Watch your child squee in excitement as the still beating heart of a human being squelches in their hands. Speaking of Kali Maz, let's get back to the victims. I don't see. I don't know what's going on, but like Streamyard definitely like yo fuck you, Darby. Streamyard said fuck you, Darby, so much right now. His devices are not connected, and I can't even bring him back. Damn. He's getting profiled right now for sure. Right. There he goes. I think it's a, it happens every time I mute my microphone, so I'm just not going to mute it. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Ernest Miller was about to start classes at an arts college in Chicago and hoped to become a professional dancer. He was last seen September 1999. 1990. What the fuck? Too much dizzle, guys. He's he was a talented dancer, said his aunt, Vivian Miller. He was singing and performing when he was younger and used to sing at church. Ernest Miller graduated from Milwaukee High School of the Arts at West Division and worked for a few years before going to college, his aunt said. He came to Milwaukee to visit relatives. There's no place in a civilized society for anyone who shows no regard for life, said his uncle, Stanley Miller, at the trial. I'm not for the death penalty, but you are the perfect candidate. David Thomas, age 23, was father of to two-year-old uh, Corticia Be- uh, Beanland. Beanland, what a fucking last name. When he disappeared, his ex-girlfriend, Chandra Beanland, said Thomas was a fun-loving guy with a, pe- a penchant for hustling. I try to go with my life, go on with my life, but I can't let it go. Hustle she said in 1996. Land. Every man I met, I think of David. He's in my dreams. It wasn't unusual for Thomas to be gone for weeks at a time, but he was reported missing by Chandra that month. Why is everybody reported within four fucking weeks? Apparently, shit just must have been way more chill. Life happens. Chill is not the fucking word, bro. I mean, back then, $10 could go quite a long way. Right. You could go from New York to fucking California on the train with 10 bucks. You know, not for nothing. Not that... This motherfucker was making $20 an hour to pack fudge or whatever he did. And he didn't just, like, leave the country to do his bullshit. Not he saying that that's need what you to, bro. do, and like that's better. But like, if you're trying to be sneaky and do some crazy wild shit, maybe mm. going to places where they don't pay as much of attention or whatever, or they, whatever. I, I just he clearly had the money. That's all I'm saying, bro. Unless he was working like twice a week just to pay for his like what he, he was, was doing. Also drinking extremely heavily. My True, he might have no... just been buying all the expensive liquors, just like oh, if only I stopped drinking fifty dollars, Scott. If he could fucking just realize 
that he doesn't need somebody there with him 24 hours a day. This man was Other making a fucking guard. killing in the ass cheeks market. He was getting as many niggas as he wanted every night, bro. He was bringing home mad fucking tail. For a gay guy in the 80s, he was pulling mad cock, bro. He was doing a, his thing. A glizzy globber. Right. So, technically, you're not lonely if you can pull yeah, a guy in every night. Glizzy gobbler. Yeah, like, this is the glizzy, the glizzy gobbler that actually is terrifying. He actually will eat your meat. He gobbled No, he'll just glizzy. cut it off and save it for uh, late night sucking sometime in the future. It's like a comfort blanket. You know, Linus? Hell no, a comfort blanket for your throat? Hey, hey. Once, you're, once you're depraved, Linus, Pinus, see the correlation. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Curtis Strader, he was 18. He was in high school. He was a high school dropout who joined gay youth at Milwaukee at the age of 15, and had a job as a nursing assistant that he lost shortly what? before he disappeared. I'm sorry, he had a, what the fuck? Like at 15, bro. It's just crazy how jobs have changed, man. It's just like, I'm going to drop out of school and get a solid job. (laughs) Solid fucking job. Can't get that now without training. Good God. You have a good (laughs) night, too. Good night. Yes. We'll see you next Saturday. Because next Saturday, and I'll let you know right now before you get out of here. We will be talking about Denver Fenton Allen, the Rick and Morty killer. Stay tuned for that next week. Oh, jeez. Rick and Morty killer. Fuck. Oh, where was I? Ah, Strader was planning to get his high school equivalency certificate and attend modeling school. He went by the nicknames Dementera and Kurta. Why? I don't know. Kurta. Sort of lived with just took some scrabble pieces and threw them on the floor. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's my Errol Lindsay, shake, age shake, 19, shake. was the youngest of six children. And that wasn't, get that, a wait, that's all we got on that guy? There's a little bit more. <laughs> It says Strader lived with his grandmother and his mother, Dorothy. They spoke at the trial. You took my 17-year-old son away from me, Dorothy said. You took my daughter's only brother away from her. She'll never have the chance to sing and dance with him again. You took my mother's oldest grandchild from her. And for that, I can never forgive you. You almost destroyed me, but I refuse to let you destroy me. I will carry on. He was last seen March 91. That was Errol right Lindsay. before I was born. 91. And May 91. That's when, that's when I... March. March, this 7, good March Errol Lindsay, age 19, was the youngest of six children and had left to get a key cut April 7th, 1991, when he crossed paths with Dahmer. He had a job making plaster figures, according to one friend. Lindsay's eighth grade art teacher, Dorothy Klein, had saved a watercolor Lindsay had made and shared it with other students, according to Schwartz. I can't understand how it happened, 
how he met Errol, his mother, uh, Mildred, told reporters. Schwartz took, uh, Schwartz's book said Errol wasn't the type to talk to just anybody. He went to work and then he came home. He was a mama's boy. He wouldn't even go out with his friends without calling me to see what, uh, what I was doing. Lindsay's sister, Rita Isabel, vented her rage during Dahmer's trial when family members were uh, given the option to speak. Her memorable and cathartic words were captured in the Netflix series. Isabel spoke to Insider about the rene uh, renewed attention. Now, let me just say. All right, we'll see you next week. You have a good night. Good night, homie. Hey, Fucking, um, I was telling Darby this the other day. I seen the trial uh, footage of what they're talking about, and I seen the Netflix footage of what they're talking about. Hey, okay, let me get a dollar. Hey, yo, let me get a dollar. Let me get a dollar. Hey, yo, fam, let me get a dollar, though. Let me get a dollar, though. What's going on? What's, What's good? Trying to get that dollar, though, homie. Word, I need that rollie. Get the, give me that dollar. Matter of fact, just let me get that card. Word, give her that card, bro. Give her that card. <laughs> 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 um, when she got up on that stand or that podium and she let her heart loose. The fucking actress in that Netflix series did the exact same thing, and you fucking felt it. And the the thing for me is, I seen the Netflix series before I seen the trial stuff. So when I seen the trial, how she was acting, the fucking Netflix series blew my mind even further. Not not the whole series, just the that actress's portrayal of what happened in that courtroom. It was fucking amazing. When I think of my brother, I think of how he was such a goofball. And I think he's going to appreciate the fact that I'm still standing for him until my last breath, she said. He knows that I'm still here for him. When I saw some of the show, it bothered me. <clears throat> oh, me. It bothered me, especially when I saw myself. When I saw my name come across the screen and this lady saying verbatim exactly what I said, Isabel said. If I didn't know any better, I would have thought it was me. Her hair was like mine. She had on the same clothes. That's why it felt like reliving it all over again. It brought back all the emotions I was feeling back then. I was never contacted about the show. I feel like Netflix would have asked if should have asked if we uh, would have mind or how we felt about making it. They didn't ask me anything. They just did it. Isabel said, Lindsay left behind an unborn daughter, Tatiana Banks, who's 31 years old today, and a mother herself. That's crazy. Let me see uh, if I could pull up that footage. What was her name? Mm, Rita Isabel. Rita Isabel. Uh, real quick, uh, I just want to say and I'm not going to say this with context because fuck it, but uh, kids aren't people. What? <laughs> kids kids are not people. 
they they are human beings and they're to be treated and understood and spoken My to like they're not people and they children should be counted like people. Children are grimmers. We we are making them into people. We are raising them, but you wouldn't send them out on their own. They can't function in society. They're not right. people yet. Have yeah, you not seen just, a Netflix show old enough? There are kids at two years old on the other side of this world doing fucking errands for their parents. There, there are photos of two-year-olds who used to clean chimneys. Bro, my That's daughter, two wild. years old, we sent her for the first time to her friend's house this week. What happened? Did she come back? What happened? Yeah, yeah she's here, bro. She's here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the... The top view is from Netflix, and the bottom view is from the actual um, trial. <clears throat> if I can zoom in a little bit. All right. It's Rita Isbell, and I'm the oldest sister of Errol Lindsay. Jer, whatever your name is, Satan, I'm mad. This is how you act when you are out of control. Now, I don't want to ever have to see my mother go through this again. Never, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, I hate you, motherfucker. I hate you. This is out of control. Don't fuck with me, Jeffrey. I'll kill you, goddammit. Look at me. Look at me. My name is Rita Isbell. Now, that was the Netflix reenactment. This is what really happened in that. Oldest sister of Errol Lindsay. Jeff, whatever your name is, Satan. I'm mad. This is how you act when you are out of control. I don't want to ever see my mother have to go through this again. Never, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, I hate you, motherfucker. I hate you. That's the sound of control. Don't fuck with me, Jeffrey. I'll kill you. God damn it. Look at me, motherfucker. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. Fucking power. I don't know. I don't think she overreacted at all. No, she and didn't overreact at all. Hell no. Not sorry. She said she overreacted. My name is Rita Isbell, she, she and I'm the damn sure did not. of Errol Lindsay. Well, no, yeah. she was saying, like, this is... Whatever your name is, say. Uh, what'd she say right here? I'm mad. This is how you act when you are out of control. Yeah, she says she's out of control. I guess she is out of control, but she's not overreacting at all. Like, that's a that's an appropriate response of anything. Now, this is the Netflix footage, though, bro. You see... There's not even a big difference, bro. This actress got that shit down to a T. I, I wish somehow, like, out of nowhere, she had, like, a brick manifest in her hand. <laughs> and she has no idea where it came from. No, Everybody else saw it just appear in her hands, and she immediately just chucked that motherfucker in. The brick face. of God. That would have been, oh, man, that would, uh. If only. The thing that bugs you, you just see the way he's just staring down at the desk, just completely silent. In the original, too, they caught that. Right. It's because he got cut. It's not like he had remorse. Anthony Hughes, age 31, had come back home to visit his Milwaukee family from Madison, where he lived. He was uh, profiled as a missing person in the Milwaukee Journal. After a month now, <coughs> this is a no. This is a guy in the Netflix series that they portrayed as um, his lover for for a time, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, he was he was the deaf boy that if the cops had walked into the room, they would have found his body there. 
Hughes was deaf, a condition brought on after a battle with pneumonia as an infant. And he's one of the few victims given a three-dimensional portrayal in the Netflix series. He could read lips and communica uh, communicated through sign language and written notes. His mother, Shirley Hughes, taught a Bible class at a church in Milwaukee and was prominent throughout the coverage of the trial. One of several family members who filed suits against Dahmer for his crimes. She quoted a poem written by one of Tony's friends at the trial, written by Tony's point of view. Mom, I'm gone. My hope, my breath, my want to live have been taken from me unwillingly. But yet, I'm not far away. When you get cold, I wrap my arms around you to warm you. If you get sad, I softly grab your heart and cheer you up. If you smile, I'll smile right along with you. When you cry, take one teardrop and place it outside your window ledge. And when I pass by, I'll exchange it for one of mine. Two fingers and one thumb. Mom. She then held up two fingers and one thumb. The symbol for I love you in sign language. Hughes was last seen May 24th, 1991. And thank God I got these virtual glasses on, because honestly, that shit almost made me cry. Neon glasses while you're saying this? Right, that shit was powerful, bro. That shit was powerful. Just the buzzing, nepto-optic neon glasses. Bro, bro, can you uh, please, please, for me, just for me, pronounce Conrad's last name, because I ain't going to be able to do it. I'm not in the same article as you. I have a different. Oh, you don't timeline. need to be. Oh, Synthesymphone. There you go, Synthesymphone. Bro, look, I thought we were past this. You just gotta break it down into sections. Nah, I'm not doing that right now. Not while I'm on Dizzle. That's not happening. Conrad's name is one of the most yeah. familiar in the case because of an incident involving Milwaukee police in May 27th, 91. When Conrad was returned to Dahmer by police after Dahmer convinced them that uh, Conrad was 19 and drunk. And the two were in a relationship. You know, it, it's not... It's, it's kind of interesting to me how... There's a racial component here, but there's like no racial component. Like a lot of his victims are like of colored skin and like backgrounds and stuff like that, but it almost seems to not be part of the motivation outside of preference. And it's very curious. Right. Because anybody really with a smooth chest or young looking man, he would have, uh, he would have brought to his apartment. Conrad's family came from uh, uh, Laos in November of 1980 because of worsening conditions after the communist takeover in 75. You see what you do, Darby? You hear that, Darby? You fuck. No, I'm just kidding, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Father Samthone was a farmer in Laos and came with his wife, Samdi, and nine children. Conrad was three years old when, he, when his family relocated was one of three children still living at home at the time of his disappearance. Conrad regularly played soccer at Mitchell Park and was a freshman at Pulaski High School. When officers John uh, McCarthy... 
Balser cack. <laughs> I'm sorry. What Bal did you say? Balser cack. Because it sounded like you went a la 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 Balser cack. And that's really close to balls or cock, and I don't know. <laughs> balls or cack. Balls or Zach. You know, there's some last names that you're like, there's definitely NPCs in the world. Like, they ran out of last names. Balls or Zach. Like, Gabrish. Because, like, last names, <laughs> a lot of last names would refer to, like, what your family did and shit like that. Like, what did your family do? <laughs> <laughs> balls or Zach. Anyway, they responded to a call about a naked Asian boy running through the, the nearby alley in Dahmer's apartment. They took Dahmer's name and important information, but did not write a formal report or run Dahmer's name through the police computer. If they had, he would have been flagged for a previous conviction stemming from the 1988 sexual molestation of Conrack's brother. That Dahmer... Doing your job. Right, just a little bit. A little bit of police work, and those people could have ended everything. Dahmer's whole reign, bro. Those guys got suspended and then re-employed like a year later. And then they were the fucking... That uh, union, man. Closest thing to it is the Postal Union. Bro, they were fucking um, detectives of the year or some shit after that. Cops of the year or some shit. One of them became... It's usually how it works. If you take a nail, they just give you some type of praise later. The fact that Dahmer had contact with both of these uh, Laotian brothers is regarded as a horrifying coincidence. When his family received a phone call that their son was in danger, it was a story reported in the city's newspapers. That's crazy. Matt Turner, 20, a native of Flint, Michigan. At, well, uh, it's not like they got it any better there in Flint right now. So you're not missing nothing there. You can't even take a bath or drink water. To be honest, it's, it's not country. really safe to do that anywhere. It's worse there when you can light your fucking water on fire. No doubt. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of places in this country like that. Matt Turner, a native of Flint, Michigan, lived in Chicago and aspired to be a model, like most of Dahmer's fucking... Uh, yeah, there's a trend there. He met Dahmer after a gay pride parade at a Chicago bus station and agreed. What? what? They had the par the gay pride parade at the bus station? I think I he think like, left the parade then anyway. went to the bus station. Dre may or may not pop in, so check the background. Dre, welcome. What's up, Dre? What's up? We were just talking about Matt Turner, age 20. Ooh. He was last seen on June 30th, 1991. <clears throat> Turner was occasionally used he occasionally used the name Donald Montreal. He ran away from his home a year before his death and wound up at a halfway house on Chicago's north side. He was basically a good kid, said Debbie Hind, who directed the teen living program there. He was bright and articulate. This whole thing was very sad. That's racist. You can't say articulate no more. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh man! One day we hope to give you that type of a definition. Who me? Being articulate? I don't. I don't. I don't care for it. He's designed. We know, but maybe one day. I get around. It's okay. 
Facts. More general, less books. Yes. Less this is the makings of a good man. Jeremiah Weinberger, age 23, a native of Puerto Rico. Weinberger? He lived in Chicago. Yeah, right? A fucking Puerto Rican Weinberger? Are these fucking real names? Are we uncovering <laughs> a conspiracy within the Dahmer, like serial killings? What the fuck is this? Bro, for real, look. Balls and cock. Like, what the fuck kind of names are these? Jeremiah Weinberger. Like, that, that's like an adoptive type of name, you know? Like, right. I imagine his family probably has a different name. They just lost it. Yeah, like, like he was adopted what by Germans. Right? Like, what? Because it might be Weinberger. 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 Jeremiah Weinberger. No disrespect to the death, but that's a crazy-ass <clears throat> name. For a Puerto Rican, hell yeah. And I can say that because I'm Puerto Rican. Anyway. Uh, I'll say it, too. That's a crazy-ass name for a Puerto Rican. <laughs> he loved art and was very meticulous, his roommate Tim uh, Gideon said. His desk was always straight, unlike him, and he knew where everything was. He was always dressed nice and always worried about what he wore and how he looked. He encountered Dahmer in, in Chicago. The two men took a Greyhound bus back from Chicago to Milwaukee. Weinberger was last seen July 6, 91. From the Flyers with to his the barrel. Face. See, but this is this is contradicting everything that I heard about Weinberger because this if this is the 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 guy that I'm thinking of, Dahmer drove him from Chicago to Milwaukee in his car, not with a bus. It was like a 35, 40 minute drive. Dahmer gives a whole new definition to the phrase in the barrel. I'm saying though, bro, this guy, this guy was getting ass left and right. If he would have just committed to the player life, I mean, he not, was. That's what's so crazy because he was balling with right. the money. Right, he was balling by any standards at that time uh, for gay men. I guess you could say he was fucking uh, attractive because he was gaining attention in the gay bars and the gay scene throughout his whole fucking life. He didn't need to murder these guys. That's how you know he was just evil. Right. Dead ass. Bro, he was getting ass whenever he wanted. You don't got to drug him, bro. He Oliver Lacey. pleasure ate... in the like actual murdering aspect, though. Like, which brings me that... back to the beginning of the episode, which makes me believe that Lionel <clears throat> was to blame for most of this shit. You gave him those compulsions. You taught him how to do all of that with the fucking roadkill. And then you're going to be shocked because he turned out a little fucking weird. Yeah, who goes out with their people? dad and cuts up roadkill for fun? Right. Like Now, if you want to get into taxidermy, I can understand. But actually turn the fur. But with your kid? Taxidermy shit. with your kid? I mean, that's, like, if oh, you're that's not good a taxidermist, it. that's kind of weird. And Like, maybe if you're a hunting enthusiast or whatever. But that's fucking... Like, it's just really sus. Right, you have to be situation. a survivalist. Roadkill, like taxidermy, something though. That's like a purely cosmetic thing, so it's still weird. Taxidermy, yeah, but survivalists—they'll at least take the pelt and they'll make use of it. You know what I mean? Anyway, you I, 
Lionel set him his son up for failure by giving him those set of skills. Well, we we can definitely give his parents one of the awards for worst parents of all time. Yes, we can. Oliver Lacey was the youngest of three sons. He had a two-year-old child named Emmanuel and was engaged to be married. Originally from Oak Park, Illinois, Lacey ran track at River Forest High School. His mother, Catherine Lacey, described her son as very outspoken. He wore a cross around his neck that belonged to his late father and had moved to Milwaukee from Chicago within months of his father's death. He went missing July 12, 1991 and was the first victim identified. So was he the head in the fridge then? He liked Jeebus and he liked liked it in the butt. (laughs) And this is the last victim we're going to cover tonight. Uh, Joseph Bredhoft. Age 25. <clears throat> he recently moved into a Milwaukee apartment rented by his brother, Donald, and was looking for work. Having recently lived in Illinois and Minnesota, he had a wife and three children in Minnesota with ages ranging from two to seven. He loves sports and fishing. He left for a job interview July 16th, 91, and never returned. He met Dahmer at a bus station near the Marquis University campus and became Dahmer's final victim. We lost the baby of the family, Donald said at the trial, and I hope you go to hell. August 5th, 91, nearly a thousand gather at a candlelit vic- uh, at a candlelight victim to remember the victims of vigil. 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 It says victim. Look. Ooh, where am I? You're not even reading the article. No wonder you got it wrong. This is the. It's, no, I'm just fucking with you. This is they, they, that's what happens when you don't edit your own work. Right. August 91, nearly a thousand gather a candlelight vigil to remember the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer. Speeches began at 7 p.m. Uh, before a march at MacArthur Square outside the county jail where Dahmer was imprisoned. Now, through all of this, you don't hear that the Reverend Jesse Jackson got involved in the Jeffrey Dahmer fucking trials. Because he did. Why? Because the victims were mostly fucking black and Latino, bro. That's what I was talking about We need some representation. Fair. There was only one colored person on on the jury, and most of the victims are colored. (laughs) That doesn't really make sense. Right. Milwaukee. (laughs) It's also wild that, like, with all the suspect charges he had beforehand, nobody was like, you know, you're making a good amount of money. Why do you work in the slums? And I don't know. It smells like a dead cat in your house. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird to me. What's with all the acid boxes? Right? It was a fucking barrel, bro. It wasn't a box. It was a barrel. No, I'm talking about the the cardboard boxes of all the acid he brought home. Did you buy a 55-gallon drum made out of polyurethane? Dude, he brought that shit home on the bus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I have to say, the only reason he, he had to get away with this is that people were just so chill that they were like, yeah, there's bad people, but most of us are all right. And then the people who are really bad are like, nobody fucking gives a shit. I'm going to just 
do it. Because if you look like you're supposed to be doing what you're doing, people don't notice necessarily. But if you look suspect, people are going to suspect you. Right. This man, if you saw somebody on the, if you saw somebody on the subway with just a forty-four gallon barrel, would you actually say anything? Oh, like, but Dahmer, the barrel. Dahmer had a demeanor to him that was very convincing, to say the least. Like he, he had confidence he in everything com- he yeah, did. Confident. Right, very confident. So I mean, he. Like most fucking uh, serial killers, he got comfortable and he got sloppy, and more, he just started more alcoholic as time went on for sure. Yeah, yeah, but that's when he did his his uh, best work. Good alcoholics will get used to it, right? But then they'll drink more. I don't know why, but that just made me think of that scene in Constantine. Which one? Where he's uh, getting attacked by the demon and he's freaking out and he goes into the liquor store and he's trying to drink all this alcohol and it, he can't as far as he can see. So he's just like yeah. trying to drink it and he breaks these bottles and he tries to drink. He's breaking these bottles and he doesn't realize he's drinking alcohol and shards of glass and he just starts dying on the floor, throwing up uh, alcohol and shit. Right. He can't see himself drinking it, but everybody else can see it going everywhere. Yeah. I don't know why that made me think of it, but wild scene. Good movie. <laughs> Back to the trial. Uh, Dahmer initially pleaded not guilty to all charges despite having confessed to the killings during police interrogation. He eventually changed his plea to guilty by virtue of insanity. His defense then offered the gruesome details of his behavior as proof that only someone insane could commit such terrible acts. The jury chose to believe the prosecution's assertion that Dahmer was fully aware that his acts were evil and chose to commit them anyway. On February 15, 1992, they returned after approximately 10 hours, 10 hours of deliberation to find him guilty, but sane on all counts. He was sentenced to 15 consecutive life terms in prison with a 16th term tacked on in May. Dahmer reportedly adjusted well to prison life, although he was initially kept apart from the general population. He eventually convinced authorities to allow him to integrate more fully with other inmates. He found religion in the form of books and photos sent to him by his father, and he was granted permission by the Columbia Correctional Institution to be baptized by a local pastor. Now, on a side note, of course he would take to fucking prison life good, all of them are gay in there, right? They do gay acts. Well, I'm not going to say... I don't know if you can go to prison after making that statement. Right, I know. Fuck it. Anyway, I wasn't planning on it. But I'm just Good. saying, most people in there are gay, and they're not going anywhere. And those are the two things that he needed to feel comfortable with his sexuality. A gay That's man a that wasn't point. going nowhere. He really loved the showers. Right. Cold ones, because he showered over the dead body that was in ice. He probably hated it because it was normal. I usually beat off in the shower over a dead skull, but I guess the <laughs> soap bar will have to do. Right. Oops, I dropped my soap, guys. Why are you moving away? I promised him we'll bite it off. Well, he started slipping, though, because they were one of the reasons why he got fired was because. He wasn't bathing correctly, so he started smelling. He wasn't washing his clothes. 
And if you're not washing your clothes and you're not bathing correctly, then you're obviously smelling like the death fucking smells coming out of your apartment. Right. Most definitely. Clearly smells you like watch. a dead body. Right, you're walking around American smelling Psycho. like a morgue. What'd you say, Tyler? You didn't get to see American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Dahmer was killed on November 28th, 94 by his fellow prison inmate, Christopher Scarver. In accordance with his inclusion in regular work details, Dahmer was assigned to work with uh, two other convicted murderers, Scarver and Jesse Anderson. After they had been left alone to complete their tasks, guards returned to find that Scarver had brutally beaten both men with a metal bar from the prison weight room. <laughs> Dahmer was pronounced dead after approximately one hour. Anderson succumbed to his injuries days later. In 2015, Scarver spoke to the New York Post about his reasons for killing Dahmer. Scarver alleged that he was a dis disturbed not only by Dahmer's crimes, but by a habit Dahmer had developed of fashioning severed limbs from prison food to antagonize other inmates. After being taunted by Dahmer and Anderson during their work detail, Scarver said that he confronted Dahmer about his crimes before beating the two men to death. He also claimed that the prison guards allowed the murders to happen by leaving them alone. Probably. Surprise me. In August 2012, nearly two decades after his death, it was reported that Dahmer's childhood home in Bath, Ohio, where he committed his first murder in 1978 and buried his victim's remains, was on the market. Its owner, musician Chris Butler, stated that the property would make a great home as long as the buyer could get past the horror factor. In March 2016, Butler put the house up for rent for $8,000 for the week for the Republican National Convention. Fucking son of a bitch. Right? As of July 2017, the house was no longer listed on the market, according to Zillow. Well-known books about Dahmer include Jeffrey Dahmer's Story, An American Nightmare by Donald A. Davis. It was published just a few months after Dahmer's arrest in November 91. Yo, all of you, how much money would it take for y'all to sleep in that basement? In Dahmer's basement? Yeah. It depends on how much money they're offering. How much money? Is it a finished basement? Nah, it's probably like a straight-up horror movie basement. No. Raw cinder block walls, fucking wet. I'm not floor. camping in somebody's fucking basement. Yeah, if it's haunted, it better be finished and have like a TV or like some shit to do. A nice bro, fuck that. If they gave, if they let, even if they let us, like, if they would have called us and was like, "Hey, you know, I heard you're doing a podcast, a live podcast, on describing the life and times of Jeffrey Dahmer." Do you want to sleep? We want basement? you to do it live in the basement of his childhood home, where he had some people killed there. You know, his first victim was put in the crawl space for months. I mean, you know if I we all say? sat in the Hell corners, yeah. in the corner, in like sides of the of the fucking basement, then we all can <laughs> see everything at once. And if anything happens, we'll see it, but nobody will get spooked up on. It's fine. Check it out. Check it out. Me, give us money. Me, you, Migs, and Dre. Since we got break room seniority, we'll be in the corners, and we put Darby Dahmer himself in the middle. And we sleep like that. <laughs> and if he starts acting weird, we all get a nine on our side. <laughs> right? <laughs> if he decides to go get up and grab a couple of cans of fucking beer and dance with his chest out and take pictures of us while we're sleeping, something's wrong there. 
Like, don't we will only shoot for the limbs, so don't worry. We're not gonna kill you. But if you start acting sus and like get that look of like you want to eat flesh, we have to put <laughs> you. We have to incapacitate to you, my guy. After taking a slug to the pinky toe, I'm pretty sure you ain't gonna walk at me that way. That way, you, <laughs> you at least gonna walk. You're never, never gonna step up with that kind of aggression. You better crawl, bitch. Nah. Right, break, break out those Big. Call of Duty nunchucks. What did you think about doing all this research? What did, when you when you did all this research? What you what did you think at the end of uh, your conclusion about Jeffrey Dahmer? Talk about me. Yes, sir. Well, as I've established in previous podcasts, um, I have a horrible habit of just not doing research. I'm just very good at having general knowledge about subjects such that I can carry on a conversation and or bullshit very easily. Um, That said, as far as serial killers go and like the stories of what they're doing, there's not much ambiguity about the fact that this man was patently evil. Not not like in the sense that Amazon showrunners have been calling fans who don't like their Lord of the Rings show patently evil. Like, I like that show. Like actually evil. Um, and it's kind of fucking crazy. Um on one hand, but then you think about how many serial killers there are, and it's just like, no, evil just really is a thing, and people like to think it's not, but it's there. There are things that go bump in the night, and maybe you shouldn't just do things with random strangers, you know, like maybe that. And maybe, maybe being educated and trained such that you can carry some type of weapon is a good move. Maybe not a gun, but something that, you know, if somebody tried to do some shit, you can whoop a motherfucker ass real quick, incapacitate them, so if they drugged you, they probably gonna be knocked out just as long or something, you know? Like, the world is scary, but it's not evil, but there is evil in the world. So, you know, take care. Don't be a dumb motherfucker because there is accountability here. But you know, just just be smart about what you do because people eat people and they <laughs> do it for fucking wild ass reasons or no reason. And unfortunately, when we find out about it as a community, we're not allowed to just beat them to death. We used to be allowed to do that. But obviously, we would probably do that to people that don't deserve it because, you know, we get emotional as a, as a mob. But in certain instances, it was like, nah, we found some heads and bodies and he, he admitted to eating the shit. Like, you should be able to toss them to a mob of angry people and just let them do whatever they want to do. And that, that, that is what it is. Um, but I digress somewhat. Uh, this motherfucker was a piece of shit. I'm glad he's dead. Um, Fuck maps, and you can get the same type of uh, end. Uh, I know that's unrelated, but it's, <laughs> it's concerning to me. Anyway, that's that's all I got. Uh, all right, Mister Blacker, what do you think about Jeff Dahmer? Hey yo, hey, I yo. think honestly, just like, just like how um. I think I said it in the Netflix special or like, you know, like it's been said, like you, it's, it's impossible to be born that way. Like something happened that obviously made your, your mental state of health 
you know, take a, a right turn when there was no right turn. You know, go go straight in the fork in the road, you know, if I mean if you know what I mean. Um it's just it's sad, but it's also fucking creepy how, you know, he's not the only one who's actually gone down that road and did shit done shit like that. So it's just motherfucker, you're evil. You're eating people, you're killing them, you're methodically like snuffing out life and you're just playing with life, you know what I mean? Like you're just fucking evil. Like, and the way that the systemic racism had fucking, like, just coddled him for a bit to get away with a few things, like... He was I'm, the complexion of protection, sir. Yeah, the, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you should have fucking... Damn sure. You should have stoned him to death, you know, some old school shit, like... Like, eh. More power to the guy that took him out, you know what I mean? Like, that guy should not be alive. It's just, it's fucked up that he had to ruin so many lives for his his fetish experiments and uh, his, his evil ways. So, I mean, I, I mean, everybody can, everybody of course is given a second chance, but when you do shit to that, to that extreme, go fuck yourself, bro. Like find yourself in the diggers, the fucking deepest depths of hell you can be and fucking go further than that. Go fuck yourself. You don't belong here. Like you're ruining lives by doing that shit for your own evil pleasure. So there's just nothing more to say. It's just, it's just sad. It had to happen, but uh, fuck that guy. It's one of those instances where it's like, God's the one that's gonna judge you, and I'll let you uh, go get an express meeting. You know, right? Darb, what do you think about Jeff Dom, your twin brother? My twin brother. The hotel, <laughs> the them. So this is from like a document that I was reading on a uh, clinical psycho clinical psychological case on Jeffrey's like behavior and his mental state, and it also concluded a forensic study in it too. That's a nice long rip, Jay. Um, <laughs> the ho- the, so it starts off saying, The hostile, aggressive individual, part driven by ambivalence, by guilt feelings, partially by a sense of loneliness, and partially by an infantile striving towards fusion with the external world, is likely to imitate once more the kind of identification and corporation process will eventually again threaten his ego. Aggressive, violent individuals may feel engulfed by a world that sense to be hostile. Therefore, their hostile conduct has a primary unconscious aim at the end of any possible fusion with the people around them and the reaffirmation of distinction between the self and the others. I think part of that describes a lot of his behavior as a serial killer. It's not just, it's not, it's just his reasoning and his thoughts. You know what I mean? Those people who are hostile and aggressive tend to detach themselves from the world and fall into a lonely state, a state they hate to be, but unconsciously they maneuver to call upon themselves. Their explosive or often programmed methodical violent conduct can be seen as a recurrent neurotic repetitive behavior that channel can be thought as a primary instinct of aggression. And furthermore, finally, the final thing I want to say, um, Freud, Freud argued that civilization creates a sort of frustration. Freud. Freud, my bad. Did you just get corrected by the other Jason? My nigga. Wow. <laughs> Jay, Jay just wanted to make up, make up for his literacy. But um, oh, he argues that civilization creates a sort of frustration in people by holding down their hostile tension and aggressive instincts, and usually makes them neurotic. Be as it may, the fact that remains that some individuals, under inner and outer stress, release their destructive impulses towards other humans, and at times their violent behavior is mixed with sadistic sexuality. So that's pretty much all I got to say. All right. Thank you, Wait, Dictionary hold on. Most Darby. Most of what you said was a quote. Right. Thank you, Dictionary That's, Darby. Uh, 
I mean, that's literally like what it's pretty much self-explanatory right there. A lot of his from from childhood, his mother was distant, and he was already fucked up from the start on all sorts of chemicals and all sorts of other shit. So being born, he likely already had defects mentally, defects physically. God knows. And on top of that, his mother was constantly drugged out and suffering from psychiatric issues that was shown even later on. His father was distant and teaching him sorts of fucked up shit at an early age. So on top of that, he also was born in Mil- he was born he wasn't born in Milwaukee, but he moved eventually to Milwaukee, which is one of the most like Midwest states. So already, like if he's you know, figures out he's a homosexual at an early age, he's likely already suppressing that part of himself. Combine that with, you know, not having a fucking childhood, basically. And also combine that with also fucking the fact that he already is probably a fucked up individual just from his previous birth defects. All that shit together, likely in his attempt to try to, like, um, you know, incorporate and, like, have this unconscious aim of, like, you know, fusing himself with people and others and, like, getting over that same issues that he has he averted towards doing these things and eventually developed a sexual interest in doing so. Likely f- influenced by his own childhood when his father used to cut up fucking roadkill with him, you know, for some reason. So, right. I don't know. I mean, it's just a good, that's just what I basically said in more fancier terms. But I mean, I feel like there are crack babies that don't grow up to be serial killers that eat people, but you know. I hear that's, what why, that's why I combine you, it with the other listen, factors. You should have grown up in the fucking seventies and eighties. You have a fixation on crack fucking epidemic tonight. Crack whores, crack babies. I'm Colin using it as a point. Cheap. I'm using it as a point. The point is that lots of terrible things come from that type of level in existence, and Jeffrey and all his bullshit is below that in terms of excuse and all that. That's what I'm saying. Dre, there are people know. addicted to crack that do better than this motherfucker did. They yeah. never get $20 an hour for packing fudge. Right. Well, at, at least not in the traditional sense. I know people that pack <laughs> fudge and uh, <laughs> make more than $20 an hour. If they smart. Dre, I know you came in at the tail end of this episode, but you, uh, you were the only one here last week when we were going to do this episode. And you already know, you already have extensive knowledge on the Dahmer files and the Dahmer case. What do you think about Jeff? Fuck that guy. What do you think about the accounts, though? Everything that that happened, everything we spoke about tonight. Well, you're talking about, like, the victims and them as, you know, their, their fucking lives. But as far as Dahmer goes, there's no excuse for the kind that people make for him like the kind of rationale like well he had a rough childhood and he right, did sympathizing like, like tall and saying there's people who grow up just as bad as he did or even worse and they're not doing the shit he's doing like it's right. as simple as hey some people some people are evil and some people are born like this and there's no right. explanation for it it's just you know that is what it is Right, no, no amount of uh, watching The Exorcist three is gonna make you as evil as he was. Or clinical research by a psychologist is like that shit is, that shit is necessary, but it is is, it's pointless. Like, yeah, we evaluated his brain and his behavior, but that still doesn't change the fact that that's what he is, and you're right. always gonna have to deal with people like that. 
it I is, wouldn't say it's pointless. I would say it's just better to understand how serial killers work. No, but I, yeah, it, I'm saying it's pointless to bring it up as some sort of rationale because it's always going to be a thing. Oh, I wasn't rationalizing funny. anything. I no, was just I'm trying talking, to... I'm not talking about you, Darby. Relax. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I appreciate you looking at the psychological aspect. I'm saying there are people who look at it and, and use it as a crutch for people's behavior. Which is the case right. for most uh, accounts today in, in society. Like, they, yes, he had aces. He had adverse childhood experiences that ultimately led to him experimenting in these fucking gruesome ways but he ultimately was conscious of his uh actions and he knew exactly what he was doing through the whole ordeal so there's no excuse there's no amount of therapy that would have stopped him and he said it himself the only way for him to have uh, stopped was for him to be put away or for him to have gotten killed. There was nothing that was going to make uh, Jeff Dahmer stop during killing these, during these, his these interview. Kids. During his interview, when the reporter asked him, "Like, do you think like you would have stopped?" and he just said, "Nah, man, I was just unstoppable." Right, he was. He just says it so casually <laughs> until he got lazy as fuck. Like, imagine okay. he did take a shower. Right, right. If he still would have been working at the chocolate factory, I don't think he would have got caught. Like, imagine the if there was still an factory. unsolved serial killer in the gay community that was this man that everybody actually fucking knew, but had no idea. Right. He was super popular. Gro- get, gained the ranks to become the CEO of the chocolate factory, probably fucking Hershey's. And he's over here doing crazy shit. But nobody's thinking the wiser. Right. He would have been just like the Pizzagate episode. If you get the golden ticket, you end up as a head in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> well, well humanity you... ends a whole different way in the end of Willy Wonka. Well, that those are the prizes in the Jeff Dahmer chocolate bars. Yo, honestly talking about movie ideas like we did before we should do a jeffrey dahmer inspired willy wonka horror right and then the prizes in the chocolate bars are uh different heads of different people how do you feel nah, you just bar? you just molds nobody knows how the chocolate is made and then you invite some people in just because he's got audacity <clears throat> and then he just takes them along in this crazy fantastical like alice in wonderland murder and instead of the it must be October I don't even like horror, and I'm coming up with ideas. Right, Jay, I was yeah. thinking of the Hellraiser Underworld. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you have it, folks. That was our rendition of the Jeffrey Dahmer case, or whatever the fuck you want to call him. Uh, whatever you want to call this episode. Hey, <laughs> y'all, y'all ever heard of Gummo? I'm sorry to, to ask this randomly. You ever heard of that movie? Gummo? Yeah. It sounds familiar. No. It's this crazy movie that's like a fictitious documentary. Documentary, excuse me. Look at that. Um, Darby's rubbing off on you. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, About a a town that got ravaged by a tornado and pretty much this poor white trash and the craziest fucking existence for, like, kids and people. 
to be going through. Y- y'all should check it out, whether you're watching or not. And we should do a show on it, because, I mean, I really love doing the macabre type of shit, and that's yeah, a right. wild-ass movie. It's by the yeah. same director who did the movie Kids. Yeah, yeah, we'll check it out, because I know when that Barney documentary comes out, we're going to be doing an episode on that, too. The what? Oh, oh, we'll t- I'll tell you about it off-screen. I don't want to spoil nothing. Oh, uh, word. I ain't heard about that, and that actually sounds interesting. Guys, why don't you come back next week? Uh, we're talking about Denver Fenton Allen, the Rick and Morty killer. Uh, really, Rick and Morty have nothing to do with his case. It's uh, just a it schizo is, guy in Georgia. It's a, it's a fucking hilarious case. Hilarious. LOL. Uh, hilarious. Yeah. You'll even get to hear me and uh, me and Talon do a little rendition of ourselves of this whole case ordeal. But tune in next week. Uh, and if you think, by any accounts, there are coincidences in life or your life is weird, just remember, John Wayne Gacy was killed May 10th, 1994. There was a full moon. And on the same day... Jeffrey Dahmer was shit on that laptop and we 